0: Sorry, <laughs> I was confused. Uh, we're back on schedule at least for the moment it's uh it's Tuesday, December twelfth Is it super Tuesday? It's not super.
1: It is Tuesday, and there is an election today if that's what you're referring to, right. But but no it is not the proverbial But super it's in Tuesday. Alabama,
0: so it's, it's extremely super. Is it? Yeah. I've never I lived been in to Alabama, Alabama for a while. You did? Oh, yeah, yeah, I I lived the, the theater in Montgomery. thing. Yep, yep. Uh Alabama Shakespeare Festival. Beautiful complex, beautiful building, beautiful art museum with a giant uh Sargent painting in there that you would love because you're a big fan of the sergeant. I am. Um, and of the Colonel. Yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But uh yeah, it was an interesting it was an interesting place even then. And this was back in nineteen ninety. Um but This is the summertime? Uh uh the whole I was there the whole year, the whole okay. season. Um but it was it was it was interesting. It was interesting. Uh but anyway, it is Tuesday, it's uh on taking pictures episode two ninety four. Cool. Getting up there. Yeah. 294. Closing in hey, on a big um, 300. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, last week, we talked a little bit about uh, my trip, and I've had a little bit of time to go through my photos. Okay. And uh, and it, it got me thinking about, about this whole camera thing and the types of things that I shot. This is the first time I really shot a lot in a long time. Okay. Um, I shot... Oh, about a thousand pictures. That is a lot. Eight hundred, something like that. Um, between between my phone and my camera, uh, okay, all told. And I think one of the one of the bigger letdowns was feeling like I had to put it away because it rained. Right, mm-hmm. feeling like I had to put my camera away at at the first. Sort of sign of sprinkle or or inclement weather, um, because I didn't have a, a, a. You've seen those those rain basically a rain fly for your camera, where like the 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 middle part is clear plastic and it's got the little the little arm holes like a almost like a, a changing bag, you sure. know, like a dark bag, yeah, um, where they're elastic at the armholes and then it's elastic around the lens. But I didn't have one of those, so I was constantly sort of you know putting my camera away and taking it back out. Or just just kind of ducking under an awning if it, if one was was available, and I could I can see where a, a weather resistant or a more weather proof camera for for a traveler or you know even somebody who lives in in you know a place where you get weather sure um, where that could be really valuable. Um, I think the problem is, and a lot of people don't follow through and get weather-resistant lenses. So you have that seal between the lens and the body that's that's not weather-resistant, and that's that's sort of your weak link, right? That's your break point.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, there's a lot of um, smaller compact cameras that also have sort of weather features, to, you know what I mean, that are, that are more sealed. Um, right, right. The other thing to think about, though, is, I mean, was it raining that hard or was it like
0: even in drizzling, you were. It was drizzle. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't downpour. You know, and that that was going to be my next question: is you know, are are these things? What is it? IPX5 is is sort of submergible, right? Right. Um, yeah. I
1: don't. I don't know the exact. Right. I don't know whatever what the the, the
0: the ratings are. When when a camera when a camera manufacturer comes out and says this is weatherproof, <clears throat> yeah. What do they really mean? Because there 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 seems to be a fairly nebulous definition around that is it just marketing speak are all cameras you know uh uh, splash and dust resistant to a degree uh i wish somebody would would or there was a source i wish there was a source that was a little more comprehensive on what to expect from from different types of cameras rather than just this one's weather resistant and freeze proof down to minus 10 or you know whatever it is
1: you know that is a good question um I, i i do know that almost all sort of cameras that people who generally would listen to a show like this are carrying are far better at this kind of stuff than they will even will admit, you know, that the, the brands mm. will admit. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember hearing, uh, an instructor of some big workshop one time, uh, and he was telling a story of how they were out at I don't know Yosemite. Let's say they were Yosemite and, and uh, a bunch of his people were there and they were out taking pictures and it started drizzling. And one of the, the, people he was teaching one of the students like packed up all their stuff put it away walked to the car and like he he like gets him walking back from the car and he was like what are you doing he's just like well it's it's raining and he's the guy's just like man your camera can handle a little drizzle it's not going to explode you know like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that the idea of 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 real weatherproofing the only time i've ever had a camera fail on me and this is a uh uh, fail is in quotes you know yeah yeah. um, was uh, when I was in Death Valley one time and got stuck in a sandstorm on a hike.
2: Mm, mm -hmm.
1: And I had, uh, I guess at the time it would be a 5D, I guess it was 2007, so it would have been my original 5D -hmm. um, with my 28 on it, my proverbial Desert Island lens, my 28. And I, I ended up kind of stuffing it underneath my jacket as much as possible and kind of hauled ass down this path for two miles. Um, but the next morning, the the lens had started like started to grind to a halt. Oh, like, there
0: yeah, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was focusing, yeah. <laughs> right.
1: So sand somehow got in the cracks. Right hmm. now, that is not a weather sealed lens, right? Um, and I sent it in, and Canon cleaned it and rebuilt it or whatever for 150 bucks or whatever the heck it was. Um, the the reason I bring this up is that I think that sand is far more insidious than even a little water. You know?
0: Oh, really? Um, okay.
1: Yeah. And now my current camera is with certain lenses, quote unquote, weather sealed. And like, you know, we've talked about that yeah, yeah, yeah. video on the beach. So there were times like last year, earlier in the year when I didn't have a weather sealed lens, but I would go and shoot in say the park in the snow and be out there for, you know, 45 minutes with snow landing on my, on my camera. And it got pretty wet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, now, it, I probably wouldn't have been quite as nervous if it was a fifteen hundred dollar body, but it being a six thousand dollar body or an eight thousand dollar body, like it, you get a little bit more nervous, you know. Because yeah, yeah. um, if it does break, oh, I don't have to deal with that and whatever, you know. Um, but I think that your camera with like a little drizzle
0: would probably be fine. Yeah, uh, I'm just. Willing I don't to know. Bet. I mean, it just got me thinking about. Are about, the newer
1: ones more weather sealed?
0: Uh, yeah. Apparently, the XT two X. I don't know about the X Pro Two if it's the same thing, but XT Two, EM One Two, you know, all of the 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 newer edition cameras. It seems that they are a lot more weather sealed. Yeah. Hey, you it, know what? We forgot to say who we were. Bill Wadman, Brooklyn, Jeffrey Zador, Silver Spring. Forgot yeah. If that. anybody's listening, it's yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the
1: the other thing is that um, <laughs> it uh, the new like an XT Two or something like that has even more electronics than a camera from five years ago that has a optical yeah, sure. viewfinder, right so sure i would i would be even more worried about a camera that was one of these mirrorless sort of just little computers in a box you know um
0: yeah and that's the it's that's the one of the things that's kind of gotten me thinking about you know this never-ending search for whatever the next camera is going to be and i keep going back to older cameras and and there's a reason for it coming up in in the show notes which is kind of interesting yeah yeah um, you want to go there now and then we'll flip-flop those Yeah, sure, if you want. Okay. Um, Yeah, and then we'll go... Because this is pretty quick. I I don't remember how I found this, but it was an interesting article on um, DP Review, a photographer named Sophie Lee, who shoots exclusively with old point-and-shoot cameras. Yeah. And it's fascinating... Uh, you know, let's see, uh, they stood out uh, in a way apart from modern digital files. She's talking about her files that she gets. The dynamic range is narrower. The shadows have a character that looks different from modern CMOS cameras due to the lower pixel count and simplistic noise reduction. That really interested me. So I started spending hours poring over DP review laughs, looking for cameras. I made a list of qualities I looked for cameras with CCD sensors that shot raw and initially were released around 2001. And if you, I mean, her, her work is really cool. And on the surface, at least looking at these photographs, can you see where they suffer? Well, we're looking at
1: 400 pixel versions. So, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you blew these up to hundred percent, they wouldn't look that great, you know? Yeah. Um, but, and, and she even says sometimes she'll send these to people and they'll say, can, can we have a higher res version? And she's like, no, there is no higher res version. Yeah, um, it, you know, it, it also, you know, it depends on what kind of light you're using and blah, blah, blah. And like what you're trying to accomplish. You know, if you're, if you're Gursky, you're not going to be able to shoot with a two megapixel camera from 2001 right,
0: right. and get the I just found result. it kind of a fascinating, uh, well,
1: uh, th- there's a, there's a section in here though, Jeffrey, where she says, you know, and, and, the, you know, the people who want all the pixel peeping and whatever, they're crazy, but also the people who are all retro film are all crazy. Like I found my niche in the middle. And you you and I have, have, uh, imagined that this would happen eventually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As a conscious choice rather than just, uh, 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 a circumstance.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, I would imagine that, that using these cameras, I mean, regardless of the image quality and stuff, just the size of the screen on the back and the, the, the slowness of them. And you know what I'm saying? Like they're, these are Mm -hmm. not super responsive cameras. Old cameras never were, um, must be an element of all this uh i you know a lot of people swear by the by the look of a ccd sensor i kind i don't know it, it it all feels i mean right tool for the right job or whatever are you you're not thinking of going like retro like this though
0: no 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 i mean okay. the, the oldest i've been looking at and i keep coming back to it for a variety of reasons is the the olympus em5 II, um and it's mostly for the high res mode of of uh being able to shoot you know my paintings or or right. assemblages or or something like that with with the uh, you know the the equivalent of a 40 megapixel image sure are those which are- i think under those circumstances it would be kind of a beautiful camera it's it's small it's compact it's lightweight but it would produce this giant you know file for print
1: yep yeah 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 for for the, for the kind of stuff that you need high res for it would be able to do that yeah. um you know i was over um my subject yesterday's subjects apartment and and she was asking me camera questions and she pulled out this little i guess it was a sony a7s the first generation or maybe it was the a7s2 i think it was the a7s because it had that weird old grip
0: um but that was the but, one for video right That was like yeah it does like video. 12 megapixel yeah, yeah, yeah. stills okay.
1: right um but but how small it was! It was like I picked it up and I was like, "This is holy crap! This is so tiny." Yeah, the A seven um, series
0: full frame sensors in tiny tiny bodies.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. And she was she she was a very small Asian woman, so she was just like, you know, some people say that these are too too small. You know that their hands are too big, and I was like, yeah. I mean, this isn't. It doesn't feel comfortable in my hand. You know what I mean? It, it's almost like too small. You almost have to like over grip it to to be mm-hmm, able to mm-hmm. to grip it, but. Um, but yeah, the whole old vintage camera thing, I mean, it's cute. It's a neat idea. It's a, it's a niche, you know? Um, but, but people got away from a lot of these cameras because they did have limitations. And I guess if you want those limitations or enjoy those
0: limitations and- just like now the new version came out and that's where, that's where everybody went. Sure. Sure. But you You know, know, it's the the cameras she's talking about are ones that when new
1: cameras came out, they were demonstrably better in almost every way. Right. I mean, yeah, sure. We flattened out in the last five, six years, um, Mm -hmm. in the same way that computers, desktop computers and
0: laptops have sort of flattened out in the last five or six years. Um, Yeah. It seems like we've been at 16 and consumer level anyway, have been at 16 and 24 megapixels for a long time now. Right.
1: Right. And you know what, for almost anybody that is more than enough to, you Mm -hmm. know, for anybody who's shooting, who doesn't really need to print giant or whatever. So sure. Yeah. Um, it is, it is funny though, that, you know, I'm so used to the giant files out of my camera. When I came back from Quebec, I had all of those 16 megapixel Fuji files, which are delightful and very nice. But when you open them up at 100 percent on your screen, you go, "Wait, that's it? That's that's dead as deep as they go." And you're like, eh, "Yeah, it still looks fine. I mean, it make a fine print, you know." But if you're used to it's it's all of a sudden your whole view shifts of 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 what resolution means because 16 megapixels would be a lot. My first 365 project was shot on a 5d which is 12 you know mm-hmm. uh, before that i shot an 8 megapixel 20d you know which is right. less than our phones have so um yeah it's a,
0: it's a it's a whole other world um yeah so take take a look at this article though. <laughs> it might be interesting for some of you are those olympus
1: um, cameras weather sealed
0: uh yeah yeah the em5 uh, 2 is the em1 2 in fact olympus had a flash sale <laughs> yesterday on the on a reconditioned Em one two for fifteen hundred, like five hundred bucks off. But it's still twice as much as the other one, and it's probably twice as much camera as I need. You know, and and this this kind of feeds into this next piece. I've been thinking a lot about about what to do next and where I go next and how my my skill set is applicable, right? And uh, to to whatever comes next, you know, and. I found. Wait, do you have any anything else on this? No, on the, no, no. Go okay. ahead. I, I I found this this link um, on YouTube. It's a Vice documentary. It's a little mini thing. It's like twenty five minutes long, half hour long, something like that. On uh, a guy named Phil Tippett, who you you know, even if you don't know, uh, Phil uh, started out as a stop motion animator. Uh, was responsible for the Tauntaun sequences in Star Wars, uh, and and the uh, the uh, uh, at Walkers, like the big the big you know walkers through the snow, yeah, um, and the smell of them on the outside. That's right, that's right. <laughs> um, and it's an interesting story because Phil Phil was a stop motion fan from the time that he was a kid. You know, he describes in this thing, you know, saving up and saving up and saving up for an eight millimeter camera that would do single frame. And he started doing these stop motion films and building, you know, little monsters out of clay and then moving on to G.I. Joe's and, and you know, really sort of uh, embracing that world of Ray Harryhausen. And if you don't know of the work of Ray Harryhausen, Google him, you're in for a treat. Um, and he, he talks about um getting to a point where after after return of the jedi um he he took some time off and did this this stop motion film on dinosaurs that he wanted to sell to schools uh but it turned out to be too scary and the schools didn't want it because it was you know (laughs) scary dinosaurs right um and in in this sort of moment of serendipity this was right at the same time that Steven Spielberg was ramping up production on Jurassic Park right and talked to George Lucas and George said Phil's your guy this is this is you know who you want to go with um and what they what they found was that that you got to watch it for yourself but but the, the Phil was was knee deep in the shift from Analog effects of stop motion to digital effects in the computer, and it it kind of gut punched him when when stop motion went out of favor, and he was of the opinion for a while anyway that that his skill set, his knowledge base, his entire life up to that point had been rendered Absolute. useless. Yeah. The tide went out on my skill set," he 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 says at one point, something to that effect, and and he he got real sick and he got real depressed and he was in bed for weeks and and um, Stephen called him and and said, no, we you know we we still want you on the movie and blah blah,", blah. and w- what they found was that the the early CG. Programmers, operators, because they weren't yet animators, right. right? They they were great at building things in the computer, but they weren't great at getting them to move or come alive. considering composition or sight lines or how things needed to look from a production standpoint in a, in a film, right? Right. So they brought they brought Tippett in, and they actually ended up making a rig, a stop motion rig, that was tethered to the computer, tethered to the software that they were using. And I think at the time they were using um, Softimage. you remember that? Soft sure. Softimage? Yep. So Microsoft I think they were using Softimage. Anyway, the, so this, this rig was tethered to the computer. It was a very early form of mocap where you would move the head on the physical rig and that would move the head of the dinosaur in the computer. You would, you know, so s- suddenly Phil found his skill set not only... Not only Relevant in a new way, but necessary because he was the guy. You know, he was the guy that could make this happen more than anybody in the industry at that point. Right. And it just the the whole thing is a, it's a fascinating documentary, and and Phil's worked on some amazingly huge movies, and he you know he won the Oscar for for uh, Jurassic Park and. Um but the whole thing had, has has kind of gotten me thinking about about transformation and skill sets and and being able to adapt to what will inevitably come next. Yeah. And you know, we we talk about to bring this kind of in into photography, we talk to we talk about some photographers and we refer to them as monsters or icons or legend, you know, whatever word we use. Right. And a lot of times these guys and girls are able to shoot anything. They're able to shoot stills still lives rather, they're able to shoot fine art, they're able to shoot portraiture, they're able to shoot reportage, because they understand the mechanics and, and the aesthetics of photography beyond beyond the gear or beyond a certain genre so that if, if portraiture ceased to exist tomorrow, they could shift gears and go, okay, well my knowledge is applicable over here so I can do this. Right. You know, and it's all of the, again, all of this to say is it's gotten me thinking about what comes next for me and, and, and where I see myself or where other people see me and, and how all of that fits together. And, and I think for a while now, I've been trying to figure out where photography fits into my professional life. Okay. And I, I think just over the last probably week, even few days, I've, I've come to the realization that it really doesn't. Not, not as an end product. Okay. M- my photography is okay. It might even be good. For for you know some people, but it's never going to be the end product. And I was I was talking to John Wilkening, who is a, a, a very good friend and very insightful, and sees is often able to see things that I can't um, when we have these kinds of discussions. And um, he was saying that that you know he's like your your sweet spot is when you're talking to someone who inspires you or when you're making art. Yep. And he's like he even said point blank, he's like, you know, I, I've I've looked at your photographs and and I've never been wowed by your photographs the way I have been about one of your paintings. And John, I hope I'm not throwing you under the bus here. And if I am, it's it's purely out of love. I respect what you said. wow um, <laughs> but you know hearing hearing that there was kind of a and I think I've been I've been circling around this for a while now Adrian and I have talked about it but I think that's where where photography fits in for me is is in shooting my own stock to create the narratives for my pieces okay and um he asked me he said you know what why don't you make more why don't you know you, you you talk about art more than you make art. Yeah. I was about to say the same thing and
1: because, okay, can I just stop for, for half a second?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go. So
1: what, what he said, where he said you're, you never seem happier except when you're other than when you're talking to people who inspire you or when you're making stuff. Yeah. And yet you do spend a lot of time obsessing about not making good enough stuff and all the stuff we talk about on here. I don't need sure. to go through it. Right. Sure. What is keeping you from just making stuff all the time if other people see you happier when you're doing it? Do you feel happier when you're doing it?
0: I do. I angst about the end product and what the end product is, means, et cetera. But, but, but if but, the
1: process but, is the point and you actually feel better while doing it, re- what what difference does it make what the final result is? <sighs>
0: that's the big question. Okay. Right? That that's that's really is the big question. I mean, some of the stuff, you know, in terms of paintings, I th- I think I need to work on multiple things at once. That's 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 the the biggest takeaway because Always if I fun. work on one thing, it it just drains me. The other thing, and, and the type of work that I've done in the past, like we live in a time right now where where I've never had more ammunition for political art than I do right now. Yeah. But what I don't want to do is simply create political art that bashes the current administration or is a voice of opposition. That's not what I want to do. I would rather create more fictional political narratives. Okay. Using some of the imagery that we find around us, using some of the the themes that we find around around us. And I think I, I, I said to him, uh, more man in the high castle and, and less, uh, the Americans or house of cards. Okay. You know, where, where I can, I can take some of this stuff and let it inform what I do without it being a dir- without directly trying to interpret the stuff around me. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I think, th- I think that is where m- I can adapt my skill set because this is, this is, uh, you know, this, this documentary, it hit home on a lot of levels for me. Um, It's where I can adapt my skill set in theater and graphic design and, you know, costumes and scenery and painting and drawing and, you know, all of that stuff funnels down to this end product. If I can just get out of the way of, of thinking about, well, where does it end up or, is it valuable because you know this was reinforced in Paris some of the galleries and museums that we went in and it's it's reinforced in any city in the world there's an audience for some for 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 what you do whatever it is that you do somebody out there will like it will want it it may take a while to find that person or those people right but i really do believe that that By and large, there's an audience for almost anything. Do do you feel that there's pressure
1: for you to make visual art paintings that are saleable and therefore supportive, you know, the financially viable? Yes. Yes. Is Yes. Is that your ultimate goal?
0: I don't know if it's the ultimate goal, but I I I think it should be a goal. Okay. But then again, I I also wrestle with the idea that it's that it's fairly presumptuous of me to think that I should be able to make a living. You know, making things like who am I? Yeah, but who are any of us? It's <laughs> true. You know, I I you know I I'm,
1: and you know what I mean. It's um yeah.
0: Yeah, yes you're you're right, but people do <laughs> so people do must and be able and. To. You know, we're we're walking, you know, through some of these galleries, and and you know, a couple times, you know, Fielding would lean over and go, "Your stuff is so much better than this." Right, and I hear it, but at the same time, I don't hear it.
1: Right. Well, you know, the people whose work you're looking at who knows why they're there. Maybe they've been beating the pavement for 15 years and they make Mm -hmm. 200 things a year. And you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. It's just pure effort put in there. Maybe they're the son of the gallery owner. You have no idea, right. You know, anything in between. Um, I think, I think there's also this thing and I've had, I've had friends in the past who have been like this where, uh, see, this is going to sound bad. Um, and I don't mean it as a complete rip. It's just more of a, you know, um, I've had friends who, who, who are really amazing and could be doing incredible things, but almost in some ways, um, they, 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 they stop themselves, um, on purpose. They, they, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They, uh, sabotage themselves
2: mm-hmm.
1: by it's a little bit of a, oh, I'm in a band, I'm going to go up on stage, and instead of just putting on a really good show, I'm going to drink a couple too many beers so I act a little bit like an idiot on stage in an otherwise good set so that if people say that it was amazing, great, if they say it was crappy, I can blame it on the couple extra beers. You see what I'm saying? Like this sort of... Um, uh, I don't want to fail, so I'm going to sabotage myself just a little bit so I always have plausible deniability of not having given it my all. Hmm. You see what I'm saying mm-hmm. um, and uh I think sometimes some of your fear of your fear of not i don't know what it, it's not fear of success your your fear of it's not failure either. it's like fear of um it almost feels like you stop yourself before you start. As, as a way of, of stopping yourself from putting all of it into it and then failing, you know, I guess it is fear of failure ultimately. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is. Um, It is even, even the, you know, and we've talked about this a number of times. It's, it's the cycle of, of success and failure. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and ultimately, ultimately I think there's also a, a fear of being, um, irrelevant. Well, that, that's always a risk. You know, a, 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 a fear of no reaction, where yeah. where people just pass it by.
1: You make a bunch of stuff and then crickets.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. And it's just happens all the okay. time. It then happened
1: what? to Phil Tippett's when he tried to make a thing about dinosaurs.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. So it, 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 there, there is this this idea of of I'm I'm denying myself the process that makes me happy. Yes for fear that it won't amount to an end of uh, this, this sort of false end product that I've put in my own head. Right. You know, and I think a lot of us do that. I think a lot of us do that. Sure.
1: Right. It's, I mean, that's, that's always the, the big battle, but, but, but the only way you're ever going to get to the end result that you do want is by doing the work win or lose. Sure. Right. You know, it's like, you can't, you can't win a You can't
0: win a presidential campaign until you run for president. Right. And I, what I don't want to be is is the, uh, uh, you <laughs> know, Clinton of art. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want to be the, the, you know, the, 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 high school quarterback 30 years later, still talking about the big game. All right. So,
1: yeah. Do you have a big game that you, that you see as like
0: some high point? Um, I think there were, there, there have been a few high points. Okay. You know, I mean, designing web content for, you know, 8 million sets of eyes every day is there aren't a lot of designers that get to do that. Sure. You know, the, the, you know, I have been very lucky in my professional life. But if you
1: had made the same work and only 2000 people saw it, that would be different to you? Even if the work was just as good?
0: Mm, I think at the time it would be. Yeah. Right. You know? I mean, I I I think <clears throat> I think I put a lot of weight on or I have in the past and I and I think I'm kind of coming through it on numbers. But the numbers don't mean anything. No, they don't. The number I mean, if if one person likes a photo that I put on Instagram or 500 people like it, that doesn't translate into anything different in the real world. Nope. There, there is no capital there. There is no creative capital. There is no monetary capital. There is no emotional capital other than the brief moments. Yeah, the brief. Yeah, exactly. That dopamine hit of going, wow, 500. Awesome. Right. But, Then, then you go, okay, what's next? Right. You know, what, and everybody else is out there going, what's next? Yeah. You put up that one great photo. What's next? Where's the rest of them? Because I don't know if one great photo is worth a follow. See, that's the thing. So keep it going. Right. And then maybe I'll follow.
1: Well, there's also the the thing of whether or not any of those people are thinking about you or me or anybody else at all. Yeah. They see one photos. Great. Double click, slide, double click, slide. Who cares?
0: Whereas right. I think in 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 the art space, in if I if I if I really look at the objectiveness, if I try to be objective and look at the stuff that I've done and that I have hanging that I that I have made, it's good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If I let go of my own bullshit for a little while, which is sometimes very hard to do, just have you know. somebody hold it for you. Yeah, <laughs> here, hold my bullshit. Uh, <laughs> if I just sort of look at this body of work it's good is it great maybe but i know it's good i don't yeah. know that it's great but i know it's good right and maybe good maybe good is
1: enough to keep going maybe you're you think the stuff you've done in the past is good and
0: you're scared about not living up to your own paintings of the past sure i think that i think anybody sure Sure. I mean, I think anybody does that. It, every time you buy a new lens, you're like, "Oh, am I going to do better?" Every time you buy a new camera, yeah. you know, am I going to do better work with this than I did with the last one? But you know, to it's justify a, it,
1: it's a little of a slow move, uh, you know, small moves, Ellie kind of situation, right? Yeah. Where yeah. where it's not about you outdoing your last thing right now.
0: No, it's and, about and, and, it's
1: about a hundred time a hundred objects down the line. Is this one better than the thing from a hundred objects before? You know, yes. Is my average going up? If you if you if you look at if you look at the slope, am I am I going upwards or downwards? You know, if you, yeah, if you,
0: you know. but regardless, whether I'm going up or down, man, I can't get to the next landing unless I take the stairs.
1: Yeah, sure. You, it's yeah,
0: you know, wh- whether I'm going up or down, I've got to get on the stairs. I've I've got to get in motion because may- maybe the first ten pieces are complete shit right but that 11th one breaks through and you go oh that's what i've been trying to get to yep yep you're never
1: going to get there by thinking about it
0: yeah um yeah i mean it goes back to to my friend jeff He's, he's and i've said this before he he told me on the phone one time he's like look man it's always better to be doing than thinking about doing
2: yep
1: uh it's what yeah (laughs) what was was the vermont quote
0: the only the only difference between thinking it and getting it done is doing it (laughs) right so you know it, it was and these things come in at the right times i think i saw this this tippet thing at the right time and and could relate on a on a professional level and on a personal level to what he went through when he was trying to go okay what's next what, right. how, do? how do I make this body of work? How do I make this skill set? And granted, I'm not an Academy award winner. Obviously I'm not, you know, I haven't worked on a big giant movie, but you know, here's a guy whose first movie that he worked on was star Wars. Right. Right. And it went up from there. Right. right? But of so, course
1: star Wars at the time, wasn't the star Wars we know today in the sense correct, that it wasn't, correct. but no it was still, it was, be this
0: it was still, it wasn't being done in somebody's garage. Right. It, it was, was a multimillion dollar project. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a matter of, of, being able to take your skill set whatever your skill set is dear listeners and applying that either to what you're currently doing or if what you're currently doing has changed how do you how do you transform that skill set into new work and 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 you know many people will say that art is about transformation either of materials or ideas Right. So maybe both. Maybe it's got to be both for me. It, it, you know? It is also
1: interesting to me you you mentioned at the beginning of this the people who oh, you know, we think these people are impressive and they a lot of them could shoot anything or that kind of stuff, right? Mhm. But there's also a lot of people I've met who shot a certain way 20 years ago and even though the world has moved on and it's not done that way anymore you can't do it that way or the materials have changed or the you know no more of the film they used for 25 years or whatever it is yeah sure who feel very stuck like they can't learn a new trick you know what i mean there's Hmm. a lot of those people out there too which i find really interesting because it's you know just because it's a digital camera, it doesn't really make any difference. Put your eye to it and compose something. It works exactly like your old camera did, you know. But there's a lot of people who can't make that leap. And that it might be the same sort of mental place you're at, essentially. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, they know it's there. They know it's doable. But for some reason, they have a block that's keeping them from doing it. And so they use this. You know, excuse of oh, I don't understand digital or digital doesn't feel the same to me or whatever whatever the thing is, right? Um, uh, but but I mean, we it was proved during that last Cruising Show they switched from you know film to digital, and while I think they had a few you know stumbles at the beginning while trying to figure out the new medium, in the end it looks very similar to the stuff he did before, right? It took
0: yeah, it took him a while to get the lighting right, right? But for whatever reason, right, 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 but yeah.
1: yeah, right. So ultimately, it's still one person's vision, for lack of a better word,
2: mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the
1: tools are just tools, you know, or in the same way, the tippet thing is just like, well, you know what? He knows how to make things move. That is a that is a bigger
0: skill than, you know, uh, claymation. Right. And, and that was his one of his points that he was making about uh, working on Jurassic was was these guys. They're great at making the thing, right. but. I'm great at pre-production, production and post-production and eyelines and composition and right. you know, perspective and scale and all the things that you guys have yet to learn because at at this point anyway, right. it's such a new medium that, that you haven't had a chance to learn it yet. Right, right. Well, and that, and that, but all of that goes both ways sure. because those young animator
1: guys are now looking at him and going, oh, this is a whole set of things that I need to learn. And they're the ones who are doing it on the next movie too. Right, you know? right. So it's right, not right, like right. it's an all – you know, good news for Phil kind of thing, you know, right in the no, Sure. In the long run, you know, you're commodifying this knowledge in both directions. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah. The special effects world is also one of those things, movie special effects, how they change constantly. Right. I mean, up until very recently when everything became very commoditized in the way things are done. I mean, you go see a, a Marvel movie now, the, the the credits for the digital compositors and animators and whatever mm-hmm. artists, it goes on for
2: 15 yeah. minutes at the
0: end yeah. of the movie. I, I, we just watched uh, Guardians 2, Guardians of Galaxy 2. Hundreds and of people. Hundreds of people in the VFX and in, in, multiple VFX houses yes, working on the same flip. 10 different yeah.
1: people, 10 different companies going through to make something that's 90 minutes long. And let's say 80 minutes of it has serious effects in it. Each person's working on what, 30 seconds?
0: Yeah. You know, when if, it comes down to it. Yeah. You might, right? you might be working on an eight second shot that takes you months to do. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and we just and, watch and it and go, what, I don't really like that part. For <laughs> me, that's why people like Ray Harryhausen, Phil Tippett, Dennis Murin, um, who I was lucky enough to meet Dennis at, at a, 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 a like a, a celebration for Ray Harryhausen. So I met Ray Harryhausen and met um, Dennis Murin. Very cool and that was honestly one of the high points of my creative life was was meeting the wizard i mean right. m- meeting the guy responsible for so many times taking me out of my head and putting me somewhere else right you know and i mean the guy's got what eight academy awards nine academy awards do you think I that's think? part of the malaise of modern action films and the, you know there's
1: there's oh god there's a documentary that somebody made let me see if i have it here um, that my friend James uh, found and thought it was actually pretty interesting. It's called "This Guy Edits." Do you watch this thing? I haven't seen it.
0: No. Um,
1: so I'll put in the show notes. Um, I'll put in the actual show notes, and uh, it's this guy. He says why action movies are spectacular and boring <laughs> is, mm-hmm.
0: what, is what it's called. Well, it, it, I don't. Without having having seen this film that you're talking about, w- one of my responses to that would be they're formulaic there's well, the big yeah, yeah. you know act three giant destruction set sure. piece blah, yeah. blah 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 well, they blah blah.
1: they talk about the opening credits of guardians 2 where it's you know little group walking around and they're all fighting around him and, and yeah. all the rest of it and yeah it's like, and he's just dancing yeah and yeah. it's just completely like okay who you know it doesn't matter like there's no connection to anything here you know um mm-hmm. do, do you think that in some ways it's it's because there was more of a single vision back in the day because it was smaller teams and they knew what they wanted it wasn't farmed out to 500 different people
0: I don't know. I mean, you, you look at that first kind of uh, cast photo, for lack of a better word, and, and Tippett shows this in the in the thing where, you know, it, it was, it was the, the, the who are now icons, Murin, Tippett, Joe Johnson. Sure. Um, you know, all these guys who, they were the only ones who, you know, there was a handful of guys who knew this stuff and they all worked on everything for a while because right. they were the only ones who knew it. Right, 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 right. You right. know, and then it just kind of grew exponentially. Um and I think a couple things have happened. I don't I I don't know how it is now, but it seemed that that those guys were very willing to work with one another and willing to share their knowledge with one another and willing to to create this this kind of community where uh, how'd you figure out oh right, no, right, right, I wouldn't right. have thought of that uh, it was like
1: the, it was like the early days of the computer industry too sure. right
0: yeah sure 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 you know
1: I was having this conversation the other day um uh with a guy I so I used to work at this ad house when I first moved to New York and w- my general manager at the time the guy who seemed really old to me but is was actually like my age now you know because <laughs> this was 20 years ago uh, was at a, a Christmas party I went to the other night, and we were talking about the whole net neutrality thing and blah blah blah. I don't need to go into it, but he's a very smart guy, and I said, you know, Rob, it doesn't it feel sometimes like like there was a utopia that felt like we were moving towards at a certain point with the internet. You know what I mean? That like we were going to do something new and different, and it wasn't going to be eaten up by big politics or big business or big whatever you know right it wasn't gonna end up being a shopping mall right 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 and and of course you know he agreed with me and we kind of you know messed around with that idea for a while um but i think it's i think it's the same in you know photography i think it was the same in special effects i think it was the same in movie making in the 70s you know i think it was maybe the 70s were just this really halcyon time of everyone trying to do um these small groups of people were getting together and doing new stuff and and sharing their their wealth of knowledge with each other and not worried about whether or not one of them would run off and open up their own shop and they'd have to sue them
0: for you know yeah um, maybe that stuff was going on and I'm just being I don't know I mean naive. you know when I when I first started in 3D I um I was learning a DOS based program and 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 uh, I was having trouble figuring what out what uh it's called imagine okay and it was this little you know little it was before i started using like you know light wave and and right you know dabbling with some of the other things um but i i found the number for the company and i called and guy answered the phone and uh told him who i was what i was trying to figure out is like, oh, okay yeah so he helped me figure it out and uh i went about my merry way and you know a couple weeks later i was having another issue and i called him again and he helped me out. It was the CEO of the company, Mike Halverson. Right. And he became a friend of mine. We were friends, you know, until he died a couple of years ago. Right. Um, and so I think there there was, and maybe there still is, but there certainly was that aspect of sharing. Um, there's a guy who's a um, he's pretty high up at at and I don't know what his title is now, but his name's Hal Hickel okay. um, at ILM, and he was on regularly on some of the message boards that we were posting on and, and would answer questions and, Oh, how'd you do it? Oh yeah. Well you do, this. you know, right. and very, very forthcoming with, you know, it's, these aren't state secrets because they're, they're training in some ways they're training the next generation, you know, right. of, of right. effects artists in the same way that, that, you know, it's, it's, it was a, the dirty little secret that people were, were, you know, using copies of software, uh 3d software, but they, they, they knew that eventually if you know how to use this, you're going to get a job in an effects house. The effects house is going to buy a seat of this software and it's all going to work out in the end. Right. 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 You know, and ultimately it's just about making cool stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Ah, uh, we sound like old people now. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think the, 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 the exchange, I mean, that's, that's kind of going back to the net neutrality thing, you know, isn't that one of the bases of, of the net was, was the free exchange of information and ideas. Right. Right. I mean, isn't, isn't that one of the tenants of, of why this thing, yes, it was military in nature, but I'm talking about the, 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 the public side of it, not the military side of it. Well,
1: that was the original idea. Yeah. You know, now we're all siloed off and, um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not good. um, Sometimes I, 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 you know, that's, well, that's a larger political discussion, not political discussion, but just the idea of like the direction the world is going in is a really weird place. And that really makes me feel old. Um, we'll get to that actually after the ad, because um, one of your articles that you put in here is, is a pretty funny, boy. right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's I mean, insane.
0: It's, yeah. <laughs> um, so what do we got? What are we talking about? We're talking about, uh, hey, Bill. Yes, Jeffrey. You know what I could really use? What could you use today? And I'm not talking about a stiff drink yet. Yeah. Uh, I I need to find some sound effects and I, and I'd like to find a video clip. I'm thinking like a cityscape, but I don't have a drone. Well, you know, there's things you can do to do that. Jeffrey, you could
1: jump out of an airplane with a video camera. (laughs) Done. It didn't work out. Well, (laughs) (laughs) explained so much. Um, or you could just go over to our friends at Storyblocks.
0: Turns out my camera wasn't weatherproof. <laughs>
1: yeah. Turns out I forgot to put film in it. It's a, it's a digital camera, Jeffrey.
0: <laughs> ah, there it is. There it is.
1: Um Yeah, you know what's interesting is if you you know you look up, say, Cityscape on Storyblocks, and you can get not just, you know, time lapses over every city you can imagine, but there's also things like Panacross, London downtown, you know, where the right. London Eye right. is and the you know. Hey, suddenly I'm in London making this movie because I can, you know, do, do an establishing shot of the London Eye and then have people on a street corner that looks like London. And suddenly I'm shooting in London or Salzburg or Thailand or you know wherever they wherever somebody Bangkok wherever somebody needs to be. Um, everyone who makes movies and makes like crazy stock photos, I you know every once in a while I'll I'll make you know one of my crazy composites. And I'll be like, shoot, where do I get a? checkered you know flag for a finish line you know it's like because because i'm not going to go buy one and shoot one i just need a thing for this like weird composite that's the kind of stuff you can find a story box uh or like i was saying the 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 classic example of of uh of you know background audio or sound effects you want you want you know uh audience applause or you want uh triumphant classical music you know to, to put behind a uh the end of a, a movie you can find that kind of stuff at Storyblocks. Um, they have thousands and thousands and thousands of these things. Uh, they say 400,000 images, 150,000 videos, 100,000 audio clips. I mean, that's like, you know, uh, Alan Bellward's uh, image library right there. <laughs> All available, high quality stock images, photo, and videos for a fraction of the cost with Storyblocks. All the content is royalty free, so you can use it for commercial and personal projects. So, you know, if you just want to make something for yourself, do that. If you want to make it for, you know, Budweiser and you're working on a thing for them, it's good for that too. Can't say that for something you're going to uh, download off the internet normally. Uh, new content is added regularly. So there's always something fresh to download. In fact, I bet you these numbers are kind of low. Uh, the ones in our read, Jeffrey, the, of the amount of the number of images that they have up here. Um, Probably. Yeah. Because everyone's always adding so much more you got to go check it out. Uh, go to storyblocks.com slash on taking pictures, and you can get all the stock images, video, and audio you can imagine just for $149. I do believe that's for a year. Uh, that's storyblocks, S-T-O-R-Y-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash on taking pictures. Download anything from thousands of images, videos, and tracks, and to unlock discounts on millions more. Uh, they've got everything you need over on Storyblocks for your next creative endeavor. Um, we thank them very much for their support of the show. Did you, did you look
0: here? Wait, what are you looking at? Where'd you look? You looked at cityscapes. Yeah. I, I just typed in cityscapes. Cause you said it. Cityscapes.
1: We're going to, uh, uh, just looking at it real quick. Real hey, real quick. Did, uh, while you're looking that up, um, you were saying, was it last week or was it offline? And, uh, that, that you're just like, yeah, I don't, I've decided I don't really care that much about video. <laughs>
0: yeah okay, so th- that's an, that's kind of another piggyback on this paris discussion from from last week. I shot zero video, right zero, and i I, I went with every intention, oh, I'm going to get pictures of this, I'm going to get a video. there's time lapse Eiffel Tower and the sun and the sunsets and the nothing zero yeah, I'm a stills guy, I yeah. like Stills.
1: Uh Jeffrey, one of the songs, the sounds that's available right now is this sound of a camera. There it is. <laughs> that's one of the hot ones right now, apparently. <laughs> right. What is it? Do you know what it is? Uh it's a camera taking picture. What camera it is? It's yeah. a good question. I don't know. Does do they it, do they list it? Let's see the details. Let's see if they uh if they say here. Ah. Um does not say. Does not say. It's very electronic y shutter. That's not a very like, you know, pretty shutter, but I'm sure they've got lots of them you know you have to oh these, oh, these for... are useful Jeffrey for like your things wind whooshes
0: yeah sure <laughs> people yeah. love those things people love that <laughs> people love the wind whoosh yeah. in a world
1: where, yeah. w- where winds
0: whoosh in a world where winds whoosh <laughs> in a place where wind stands still <laughs> In a time, mm. yeah, I don't
1: know <laughs> what were you going to say about cityscapes, something or are we moving on?
0: I don't know, move on. I don't okay. know. I don't.
1: Um, what else do we got? We got, um, we have to do that more often in the ad, we just got to pull up stuff right. and play it because that'd be really funny. Um, in a world where you're flying over London. <laughs> hey, when you, uh, when you were over in Paris and then thought considered going over to London, um, to, would you would you have gone to the
0: shed in Dulwich? <laughs> Wasn't that funny? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't find out about it till till we got back. Uh, and actually, Fielding told me about this. Uh, so basically, um, this this imaginary restaurant became the top rated restaurant in London on TripAdvisor, and and it it doesn't exist. It it, it was it was all social media hype. And and the photos of the food, and I've got my 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 air quotes, wasn't food at all. It was it was shaving cream, shaving the- cream, and uh, a sponge covered in paint. Right. Uh, you know, there was an egg leaning against something that we can't see, but it, it's it's actually leaning against the guy's foot. Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, it's just it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Um, and yet people like apparently hundreds of people were calling trying to get reservations. Yeah. They, people ate it up. No, no pun. Uh, it, it it's, it, it, it's an example of the ridiculousness of, or the potential ridiculousness of social media. Yeah. Well, he, okay. And he goes through
1: the whole story of how he decided just the shed in his backyard. He was going to basically turn it, make it in his restaurant. So he, Registered it with uh, with the people at um, TripAdvisor and had, had friends review it, took pictures of fake food. And then it got to the point where he actually decided he was going to have people over for a meal like weeks or months later. And people actually came in and they served them pre-made food from like a, a grocery <laughs> store, like right. heat up noodles and stuff like that. And the people wanted <laughs> to come back. So... There there's totally a certain level of of, um, uh, you know, Emperor's New Clothes to all this is like, well, how stupid are the people going that they don't realize that this is all just taking the piss out of them? You know,
0: right. right, um, right.
1: I will say that Dulwich is the area that that I used to go visit that I um, uh, my ex lived in who sings the theme song with me. Um, she lived in East Dulwich, which is right next to Dulwich. It's like the little tiny little houses like this and all the rest of it. So I know this area and it's, it's very much akin to sort of the, the area in Brooklyn that I live now, which is all just, you know, brownstones and and whatever. It's like, it's the same kind of upper middle class professionals, you know, the kind of people who read TripAdvisor and want to, uh, want to find the new restaurant because it's the new in thing so they can discuss it at the next right. cocktail party or whatever. And it's,
0: it's, it's not actually some sort of foie gras. It's a urinal puck that's been spray painted or
1: yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see people getting pulled into it. Now, the flip side of this is, I mean, other than the people who came on the last night and actually, you know, turned this into a real thing. Right. Um, why shouldn't, People who are reading TripAdvisor believe if the thing's got all these great reviews from people and they say that it's the best thing ever and it's very exclusive and you're a you know foodie nerd, right? Why shouldn't you believe it? You know what I mean?
0: Like you have just as much information as anything else. Most of the restaurants that we, you know, I mean, we looked on Yelp before we went in some place and we we look, but of course, we were standing in front of it at the time. But you know, or or you know, what's near us. It was a little bit different, but, but yeah, our, 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 uh, maybe not dependency, but our occasional reliance on things like this. Yeah. It's, it doesn't, it's not surprising. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, and I think it's, it's, you know, again, it points out how things can just become hyped very quickly.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yep. Uh, it's a crazy Uh, world we live in. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. read the whole story if you're interested cuz it's actually kind of funny. The the he goes step by step through the whole process of of them doing this. Um All right, so from from funny to very very sad. Um
0: Yeah, I I can not I, I, I can recommend that you that you watch this video. Yeah. Um because it's it it really is awful. It's uh Nat Geo photographer uh, Paul Nicklin, who, um, uh, I first learned about from David Dushman is he and he and David are good friends and, and he did a, a photo essay on, uh, is it harp seals? Is that what they're called? There are harp seals. Yeah. Where he got real close underwater and the one seal kept bringing him fish trying to feed him. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Yep. So that's, that's where I first learned about Paul's work. Um, and this, this, Video is uh, a polar bear, a starving this polar bear that's just emaciated on on uh, an area where there not only should be ice and there is none, but there should be food and there is none, Um, and it's just it's heartbreaking. This is you know now there are going to be those who deny it and say, well, this is uh, something else. It's not climate change. It's not global warming. It's Wrong place, wrong time. I don't know what they're going to say. Right, right. But uh, you're wrong, if that's what you say. It's plain and simple. Um, what is it? Ninety-nine percent, 98 percent of climate scientists agree that it's a it's a problem that, right. that we created. Yeah. So come on. Get your head out of the sand. It is um, interesting,
1: though, that when you, you look at this stuff, and yes, it's very sad that there's dying polar bears. Um, uh, just that, you know— the, the large systems of of anything there will be other places in the world where other uh, uh, species thrive because it warms up a little bit or whatever it is you know what i mean like so there's 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 tit and tat to all of this stuff right i mean it's like a just a larger system yeah um, sure i mean it doesn't change the fact that it's terribly sad to see a dying polar bear um yeah i do you mean think and, this and, is the kind of stuff that really changes the way people see stuff
0: i think photographs have the power to change the way people see stuff. So yes, on a, on a on a on a you know sort of yeah, uh uh existential level. Yeah, I do think I do think that will it change the people who are currently in power? No. Right. No. Because I I believe that the people currently in power at least in this country have shown themselves over and over again to be concerned with one thing and one thing only and it's not you and me, and it's not polar bears, right. and it's not the climate, and it's, not, it's none of that. Right. So will it change their minds? No. Right, but right, if right. it changes enough minds who vote for them, that's, that's all they care about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: Do you think it, if you are a, this is a sad thing for a wildlife photographer
0: to see, Yeah, I mean, he says in this article, we stood there crying.
1: Right. And yet this is probably more press than this guy is going to get than for a lot of other things that he makes that people flip by and go oh look a pretty picture of a polar bear flip um
0: maybe i mean he does a lot of work with sea legacy and and right. paul is is pretty big he's a Nat No, no, no I'm, not, I'm not
1: saying that he's not a big guy but he doesn't usually get articles in the washington oh i Post see what you're saying him. i see what you know you're what saying
0: what I mean? yeah maybe not to this degree maybe right. not right so this it's, degree. it's
1: an interesting thing of like it's this odd thing for him to see and it's a sad thing and yet it's good for his career in some ways, you know, his exposure. Um, mm-hmm. So I wonder if, if, if people who are wildlife photographers or that kind of thing, like, does this upset them or does this make them feel like it's a little bit like that scene with Sean Penn in the Walter Mitty, right? Like I'm not even going to take that picture. <laughs> right.
0: Know? Yeah. Right. Sometimes you just have to, you have to experience it. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um. um the, the uh, Some expressed skepticism that anything could be gleaned about the environment from one image. A commenter on the Nat Geo Facebook page wondered about the bear's age, when the footage was taken, right. and what an autopsy would show. Yeah, maybe Donald the bear's Moore. sick or something. Yeah. Donald Moore, the director of Oregon Zoo, a senior science advisor to the Smithsonian National Zoo, and an expert on polar bears, said he couldn't tell much more about the bear's age or condition from the video except its extreme skinniness. But, he said... That starvation was one of the results of the polar bears, a loss of icy habitats. These polar bears should be riding ice somewhere, he said. We have seen more and more very thin polar bears in the Arctic in recent years as climate change increases in intensity and opens up more water. Right. He said that the population of the polar bears in the wild has declined about 20% over the last decade or so. Bears need an immense amount of food, he said, about an average of a seal a week. Nicklin said that while most people were supportive of the photo, a small percentage had been offended that he had not taken more action by feeding the bear, trying to save it or putting it out of its apparent misery. That's the other end of the spectrum, right? Sure. But I mean, in the same way that, I mean, he he is, his job is to observe and record in the same way that a photojournalist's job in a a, a conflict zone is to observe and record.
1: These are the reasons why you and I are not photojournalists in a war zone right uh we've read about people who said that right who were just like yeah i started doing it and then i realized i couldn't not help so i put down the camera or whatever Um,
0: and he goes on to say it's not like we travel around with two to three hundred pounds of seal meat when we're walking around in the arctic nicklin said yeah the Mm. interesting
1: thing is when you watch the bear he it almost looks like just because of the emaciated nature of him Mm-hmm. It feels much less bear-like, and almost like a human in a bear suit at times. Do you ever
0: you notice that? I know it's yeah, not. Kind I'm just of, saying, yeah. just I the mean, way he's got he these moves, slyty paws. But but he himself is just so thin. He yeah. looks like yeah. It doesn't, especially when yeah. he gets down on his knee to start messing around with the
1: stuff. It's just like it's it's eerily human, almost like the way the the, the animal moves. You know, um, yeah. really really sad though. Well, we'll put that one in the show notes. That'll be a
0: a picker um <laughs> look, my job is not to make you happy, man, <laughs> <laughs> so apparently the queens of the stone
1: Age front man kicked him you see this?
2: yeah
1: I, you know i i I saw that he apologized. I did not see uh him actually kick the guy. let's see
0: if you look at the video, it doesn't look like an accident. it looks like he looked at her, and then- there we go i'm gonna see I'm gonna see him kick him
1: here's the guy. There's the guy. Oh, he kicked him. Oh, yeah. He totally kicked him.
0: Yeah. Kicked this girl. This photographer was in the front row shooting uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. And uh, a guy kicked her in the face and kicked her, you know, camera that smacked her in the face. Then she had to go to the emergency room, apparently.
1: Well, that's really nice. That's not rock and roll. And then he apologizes. Last night, while in a state of being lost in performance, I kicked over various lighting and equipment on our stage, Jeffrey. today it was brought yeah. to my attention that it included a camera held by photographer Chelsea Lauren. Did not mean for that to happen. Wait, he kicked her or he kicked the camera?
0: What? It- she had the camera up to her face and he kicked the lens, which sent the camera- Banged into her. Like, yeah. Banged into her face and then she had to go to the hospital. Yeah, man. People don't like photographers. <laughs> <laughs> that's your response it, it feels that don't way, don't like some photographers time. people really just don't like photographers man <laughs> anyway bummer if yeah. if it's uh if it was on purpose dude you're a douche if it was on accident then good job for apologizing i guess
1: yes exactly uh kenneth ingram sent this in the other day apparently so dji drones are built in china and uh there is wait say it isn't so yeah and apparently some uh law enforcement and critical people are basically saying there's there's spyware essentially in dji drones that's sending some of the imagery and uh telemetry data and all the rest of it back to china
0: Um, oh wow look at that. yeah dji drones automatically tag gps image even when the system is off yeah access user's phone data yep. ha, fa, fa. captures email addresses,
1: full names, phone numbers, other credentials.
2: What?
1: Yeah. So the US Army in August issued an order to stop using DJI drones citing cybersecurity uh, concerns. Uh wow. Now the now the reason why I I mean yes, this is I guess terrifying on some level, but there is this there is this element of when all of our all of our tools become these essentially little computers you know i mean beyond just that phone home apparently yeah yeah right i mean this is like the internet of things kind of nightmare scenarios Mm -hmm. um where you don't even know what your camera's doing anymore (laughs) your camera's sending your pictures to somewhere else you know uh which is a little scary i have to yeah
0: this is this is like weirdly you know, a weirder, uh, yeah. uh, uh, kind of big brothery kind of thing.
1: Right. And then, then you think, okay, well now we'll just use American drones. I mean, like how many drones are made in America and how many of the battery, you know, the batteries or the motors or whatever it is, aren't made in China. Cause they make all this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, neither here nor there. I don't think it's going to affect many people, but it is an interesting idea of who knows what your, your equipment's doing, you know? And there's all these, uh, websites now that, or or mining Bitcoin via uh, JavaScript libraries and stuff like that, or mining cryptocurrencies while you're browsing the web, uh, which is insane to me, which is why I use uBlock Origin, by the way. Uh, I recommend it. It's very good.
0: Um, It's uh, available for uh, Chrome and... um,
1: Firefox and Safari, I
0: think, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So anyway... And apparently the new version of Firefox, as an aside, the new version of Firefox amazing. pretty speedy.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I just well, it's I like old the old is new again. I like the Google integration of Chrome just cuz I can, you know, have all my stuff up on the
0: cloud, all the
1: bookmarks and all that crap. Right. Um Anyway, so would it, would this stop you from buying a DJI drone?
0: Uh it would certainly make me think about it. I mean, I, you know, I can't really have one without I can't really fly one here without without driving away's because we live too close to the capital. Right, right, right. right, right. But um, Or getting arrested? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, you know what I don't want? A bunch of like jackbooted thugs beating down my door because I flew my drone over yeah. my street. At least not know? for this. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> 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 uh and uh one last thing before we we start getting to the end here. Um there's a famous uh photograph that you guys all know by Lewis Morley of uh Christine Keeler who uh, is the classic shot of the woman who's nude behind the chair with her legs wrapped around it, facing the camera? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: like like elbows up on the chair back. Yep. The chair is facing one direction; she's facing toward the right.
1: Camera. And apparently, it's it's a Jacobson chair, but it's actually a fake one, I think. Um, because it has the the hand handle hold there, which right. is how the they got around out. the trademark. Yeah, right. Um, was taken, and the the Christine Keeler who who's in the photograph died last week. Um. And uh, apparently I did not know this, but at the time she was embroiled in this crazy, uh, conspiracy thing going on. She was a teenager sleeping with some member of parliament or something like that. And so there was this whole like sort of spy thing going on and, and. Wait,
0: she was a spy?
1: Well, she was also apparently was introduced to the member of parliament by a guy who it turned out was like a Soviet spy or something like that. So they don't know if she actually knew or if it was like some sort of, you know what I mean? It was like one of these kinds of crazy uh, situations. Um, Hmm. It it was called the something affair. What is it called? Uh, Yeah, she was an English model and showgirl, the Profumo affair. Wow. Uh I will put a link in the show notes. Anyway, the reason I bring it up is that she died last week and this picture, this photograph is is sort of an icon of sixties photography,
0: you know. Um I love that they included the contact sheet of it in the in the uh Yeah. So that's article.
1: that's what's really interesting. So apparently he shot uh three rolls of film. Uh, three rolls of one twenty. Yeah. The wow. first role had her sitting in various positions on the chair and on the floor, dressed in small leather uh thing. Uh and then they wanted her to strip for some new photos. She didn't really want to do it. Um, but finally she she said, okay, she filled the conditions of the contract because was, she was in some contract because it was a movie about the the affair or something that was going on. Hmm. Um, so they put her on the back of the chair and they started shooting, shooting that kind of stuff, which you can see. And notice how different each of the images are. It's not like they were shooting five of the very similar images so they could pull out. Well, in this one, you can see her hair is very slightly right. to the left right, right, of whatever right. it is like they do now. Um, and also interesting, they have the chair down the bottom, Jeffrey, uh, which is, um, with the name of famous sitters who, who were photographed on it. It's pretty oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, and it was, you know, David Frost and a self portrait and, and all these different people. And, uh, he donated it to the VNA museum. Uh, so it's there and you can see it anyway. I just thought this was an interesting article. Also interesting to see how, um, a things were done back in the day and it's a little piece of – there usually isn't a whole lot of, like, physical evidence of photography, right? You don't usually see the things that are in the photographs in real life, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that idea of, oh, wait, that's the actual one that was photographed in that, in that, in that image. And, and
0: you've got some commentary by him. Here, yeah. Uh, looking at the contact sheet, one can see that this image is smaller than the rest because I had stepped back. It was this pose that became the first published and most used image. The nude session had taken less than five minutes to complete, it wasn't until I developed the film that I discovered that I that somehow I had misfired one shot, and there were only eleven images on a twelve exposure film. How this came about is a mystery to me. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah. Interesting. So, anyway, uh, go go
1: go check out this uh, article. Yeah, I dig it's, that; it's fun. Um,
0: I like that chair too. Yeah. Would you? Are those comfortable? I don't think I've ever sat in one. Chairs like this like the bentwood ones, oftentimes, yeah. yeah I I mean I haven't sat in one of these, but like the Eames chairs are very comfortable. Interesting. Yeah, i will have to uh I'll have the to The Eames side chair with the, with the the bentwood legs as well. Oof, one of my favorite pieces of furniture of all time.
1: Yeah, we you know, we got a uh we got a new uh chair recently which is a knockoff of some, you know, mid-century um thing at Crate and Barrel recently and it's super comfortable like really sits back and everything. It's like, uh, it's, it's kind of nice.
0: Um, yeah. And a, a lot of times now you can get, I mean, yeah, if you want to get, you know, an Eames chair, you go to Herman Miller or whatever, but, uh, you can get, uh, kind of knockoffs of these things pretty inexpensively.
1: Yeah. Way, way cheaper than the real thing. Um, mm-hmm. I
0: remember, yeah, it's a,
1: this, uh, this is the one we have, but not in leather. So you can see, you know, I'll put it in the uh, Skype here. um, yeah, it's um, it, it's and the knockoffs. I remember uh, Restoration Hardware. Somebody put in a uh, a fake Navy, the aluminum Navy chairs. You know, Emco. Yeah, the Emco. The Emco chairs. They had yep. fake ones because the Emco ones are still really expensive, right? Yeah, uh, they're four or five hundred bucks a piece. Considering what, what they are, that's insane. Yeah. Right. Um. So somebody made a a fake one, uh, and uh, Restoration Hardware, and it was like one. You know, it was like 150 bucks as opposed to like 500 bucks or whatever the hell the real ones are, and um, and I always thought like, oh, those like seem like they could be really good, but never. I love those to chairs.
0: It. I I think they are super super neat.
1: 560 dollars. It's their famous 77 step
0: process, Jeffrey.
1: Their craftsmen well, takes they, soft recycled they, aluminum. They were
0: made for like submarines or something. Weren't yeah, they? they
1: they hand form it, weld it, and then temper it for strength. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, that's a good question. There's a, actually, I think no they one. were made for the Navy originally.
1: Yep. Here's a, here's a, here here's a picture for it. Yep. Also known as the Navy chair, luminary chair manufactured by MCO. The 1006 was originally built for Navy warships during World War II, but later became a designer chair used in high end restaurants and by interior designers. Uh, by the nineties, the company began making various designer versions of the chair, such as the stackable Hudson chair, the 111 Navy chair made from recycled plastic. Uh, Emco hmm. also makes stools, tables, furniture. Blah blah blah. There are over one million of those chairs have been produced as of twenty twelve. One million. I, I love them. I think they're so cool. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to that Wikipedia article because that's actually kind of interesting. Oh, my throat's getting dry, Jeffrey.
0: Ah, much better. Um, You're right. Yeah. I'm just now. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. I'm I got to close this browser tab now. I'm are looking you, at are these you deep chairs on it? eBay. I'm you looking know, at the electronicbay.com.
1: Somebody I know um, uh, can get gets like a forty percent off or half off because of where they work uh, of the uh, museum store, and the museum design store also sells Herman Miller and Eames stuff or something like that.
0: Right. So right. she
1: can get a four thousand dollar chair for two thousand dollars or whatever it is, which is
0: amazing. You you know who's but got still one two thousand dollars uh recliners is that patrick oh really yeah like the v- bent wood and leather back in the yeah, day it's, yeah it's it's one of the real ones yeah he's he's got he, like mid-century is his jam and he's got a bunch of like authentic mid-century furniture pieces and accessories and big fan of shag do you know shag's artwork yeah yeah um he's got uh several of shag's pieces he's gotten to know him over the years and and yeah he's he's man he's, he's too cool for school he really is. I mean, he's he's like one of the coolest people I know. Yeah, yeah. You're listening
1: right now. You better you better enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> I was calling you cool to thousands of people.
0: Uh, he is cool. I mean, no, I, he totally. It, is. It's funny. We, we've man. known each other um, 18 years now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: Good guy. Yeah, Patrick. Thumbs up. Um, all right, Jiggity
0: Fresh Books. Let's talk about Jiggity Fresh Jiggity Books. Jiggity Fresh Books. Save yourselves. 12,000 hours a month. You can do that with Jiggity FreshBooks. No. Yes. You can save yourself, Jeffrey, a couple hours a week, though, using Jiggity FreshBooks. I would, I would like to save myself a couple hours a week. That's a uh, couple hours a week to think about not painting.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, isn't that this Ding!
1: couple hours a week? Right. <laughs> <sighs> Look, the worst part about being a freelancer is actually getting paid for your work. Um, so, you know, making invoicing, is that getting, the worst part? That's, I think might be the worst part. Yeah. It's it's either that part or actually trying to get work in the first place, but
0: but <laughs> yeah, right. trying to get the work, not to get paid for <laughs>
1: exactly right, right. Which is worse, Jeffrey, not getting work at all or not getting paid for the work that you've done.
0: Yeah. I, that's a, that's a tough call. That's a tough call.
1: But if you are one of those lucky freelancers who is doing work and uh, plans to get paid for it, you should really should try FreshBooks. Uh, their cloud accounting software platform uh, makes it simple and easy to, you know, invoice your your clients and get paid quickly because they are really really good at this. It's ridiculously easy to use. Um, they allow you to invoice, track expenses, get paid online. FreshBooks is drastically reduced at times. It takes for over 10 million people to deal with their business paperwork. And if that's not enough incentive, the FreshBooks platform has been rebuilt from the ground up. They've taken simplicity and speed to an entirely new level and added powerful new features. Uh, and yeah, it uh, yeah, man, you got to save some time, Jeffrey. And it's, uh, you can get more work done and get may make, make more money with these time that you saved. You know what I mean? Uh, they've, I would like that. They've got uh, c- clean, professional-looking invoices you can send out in about 30 seconds. Uh, with literally two clicks, you can get, set yourself up uh, to get uh, receive payments online. You can uh, take pictures of receipts with your phone using the FreshBooks mobile app and uh, make claiming your expenses a million times easier. I say two million times easier myself. Uh, FreshBooks has been completely redesigned from the ground up, so you need to go check it out if you used it a long time ago. Uh, they, they've got a new and better way of doing things. Uh, it's the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. And speaking of getting paid quickly, they have a notification center that works like your own personal assistant. It'll let you know what's changed in your business since you last logged on and what needs to be dealt with, like overdue invoices, which by the way, they have automated late payment reminders. So FreshBooks will, will helps you avoid having to have that awkward talk with your client about past due payments. FreshBooks automates late payment email reminders so you can spend more time Making less time worrying about whether you're going to get paid in euros, yen, or you know rubles, because uh, it, they have multi-currency invoicing. So you can have clients all over the world, and they'll uh, they'll deal with the currency your clients work in, saving everyone the hassle of currency conversions. Uh, If you have any problems while you're doing any of this whatsoever, FreshBooks award-winning customer service is amazingly helpful, super friendly, and with zero attitude. Plus, a real live person usually answers in three rings or less. So go check out FreshBooks. If you're listening to this and not using FreshBooks yet, now would be the time to try it. FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for all of our listeners. No credit card is required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash on taking pictures, enter on taking pictures in the how did you hear from us section, and uh, go try it out for yourself. We thank Freshbooks very much for the support of Five by Five and not taking pictures. Thanks, guys. Uh, as Merlin says, bok bok. Why, mm. why does he say that? I don't know. At the end of every
0: ad read, he goes, bok bok. Thanks, Freshbooks. Huh. Okay. Hey, uh, I just <laughs> sent you a, a link in Wayfair. Uh you ever use Wayfair.com?
1: Uh I have not. Wait, is this the place you ordered from or we, or we have a
0: lot of stuff from Wayfair. Yeah. We have been very and we're not sponsored. The show is not sponsored by Wayfair yet. Um but uh Oh look a yeah, knockoff version of that guy. Yeah. We have a ton of stuff from Wayfair and it's all been terrific. But yeah, you can get one of these the a similar side chair to this one we talked about uh in in the last piece. And what is it, a couple hundred dollars?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I wonder how other people, how many other people made knockoffs of that picture? Hundreds probably.
0: Oh, probably. Yeah. 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 There's another one. It's uh the Eames side chair. Ooh, fancy. Fancy, right? Yeah. yeah the like folded
1: one. Uh, I love the That's- Bentwood stuff. And it's, <coughs> you know,
0: that came out of, they were, they were making Charles and Ray Eames for those of you who don't know, quick history lesson. Uh, they were making uh, leg splints for the army out of out of bent wood, um, and they they adapted the the technology of of laminating and bending um, plywood. So, to, so, do you bend it further. while
1: while you're making the plywood? You bend it, or do you mm-hmm. wet yeah, plywood it's, it's, and bend it, or something? It's in
0: a well. You can do it. You can steam it. What they did is they had a form and they laminated very very thin sheets one atop the other and pressed them into a form. And and for at least one of the forms. They had a, a bicycle pump with an inner tube, and they would they would you know assemble the form, put the wood in, assemble the form, uh, and then pump up the bicycle tube uh, or the tire tube, and that would that would conform to the inside of the form and press the wood together and give it enough pressure to to let it cure. Interesting. Yeah, things you learn. Yeah, you can go to the Eames house
1: in LA. Now they're all made in China and send back pictures of you or <laughs> your Wi-Fi network. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> a little camera. Each time you sit yeah. down, it's activated. Did
1: you see the whole thing about uh, Airbnbs and how there's like all of these little cameras and Airbnb places that, that people have been finding lately? No, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Creepy. Yeah, talk about creepy. Yikes.
0: Um, That's really weird. Come on now. Yeah, you, you come don't on, believe people. me. What are what you doing? Saying? No, it's just come on, come on, son.
1: Yeah, Airbnb guests repeatedly discover hidden cameras. That's not cool.
0: Yeah, that that's really terrifying. You gotta, you, you've got to bring like a bug sweeper on vacation now. Could you
1: imagine? Uh, this is a BuzzFeed article on it, but yeah, but yeah, they uh, they thought it was things like a uh, motion sensor, but it's actually just a camera. Um, all kinds of stuff. I'll put a link in the show notes that's weird yep 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 yep, yep all right, let's go to the group, check this out, huh what yeah, it right? you've
0: got to come up with a hotel that's that's you know that blocks like the 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 entire hotel it's uh in 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 england they, there's a company that makes this this Faraday cage wallpaper you know okay yeah, yeah yeah I've copper. Heard of that. So yeah copper, so it's got uh copper mesh in the wallpaper, and they they use it in movie theaters, so you can't get a signal when you're watching a movie, which I think is genius, which you know what they really should. Although, or you could just
1: go to the Alamo Draft House and they'll kick you out if you open up your phone. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you going to
0: see Star Wars this weekend? Uh, probably not this weekend. Okay. Maybe. I don't know.
1: We got tickets for next Tuesday. We have to go to Vermont this weekend, so we figured we'd watch
0: it next <laughs> Oh, next I thought Tuesday. you were going to We have to go to Vermont to see it. We got to go to Vermont. We couldn't
1: get tickets anywhere else.
0: Yeah. Uh, I Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> is it supposed to be good or is it lame? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh wow. Mark Hamill in it? He's in it, right?
1: Mark Hamill is in it. In fact, I yeah. do believe he is actually, you know, gonna fight with us with a lightsaber.
0: So he doesn't just turn around and like remove the hood and like he actually he's actually in it. He's not it, just yeah. he,
1: he he gets shot right after that scene. <laughs> yeah, right. Ray Ray pulls out the thing and just slices through him. Yeah. Damn it. I'll take that other <laughs> hand, Smarty. Um <laughs> Going to the group uh, assignments. What was racing? It? Racing, which a lot of people took literally. Look at this. Uh, a lot of uh,
0: motorsports. Uh, mm. uh, the barrel. I love the barrel racing one. Uh, Dilworth took.
1: Oh, oh wait, hold on. Florian's picture of of the of the uh, Christmas market with the
0: crazy uh, thick stuff spinning. It's yeah, what good. is that? What's go? Is that a, like a carousel? What's going on there?
1: Yeah, I don't know. That is interesting. Uh, wait, which one were you saying? Oh, the barrel uh, racing. Dilworth. Dilworth. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Hey, quick
0: digression. Speaking yep. of carousel, quick little rabbit hole. Have you watched The Punisher? Have you watched the new season?
1: Uh I have not. Uh Don't know that I plan to, but but why is there a particular thing with? A I, carousel? I, I
0: just there's there's a carousel as a recurring theme. I won't tell you why, but I of the Marvel. I'm not a huge you know comic book yeah. Marvel. I like Daredevil. Was all right. Daredevil was all right. It it, yeah, it was okay. I, f- for me. I, this has been my favorite of the Marvel television okay. shows, The Punisher. And, and partially, I really like the guy that's playing The Punisher. I forget his name. He was in The Walking Dead, yeah, first yeah, season yeah, of The Walking guy. Dead. Yep. And you see him, and he's like, all intense. I'm going to punish you. I'm going to punish you. Whatever. But then you see him on talk shows. <laughs> I'm
2: going to punish
0: you. I'm <laughs> going to punish you. you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you see him on talk shows, and he's hysterical. Yeah. I mean yeah. like just a completely opposite of of the way he plays. You know, and just so it, I I really liked him. So I, I, I enjoyed the show. Anyway. Thumbs up. Yeah. Um
1: I also like Simon Wells' pictures out, out windows, it seems like. Yeah. That's pretty cool in Western Australia. Yeah, lots of motorsports man. Patty Reynolds, what a beautiful shot of this uh this rower. What is it sculling? Is that what they call that? Sculling? Well, it depends. If it's a single person, I do believe it's sculling, yes. Yeah, looks like is this Yeah, single person. Really nice, beautiful light. Um, yeah, there's you know um, where Heather's cousins live out in Princeton. Um, about an eighth mile from their house, around a few corners, is the river. And there's actually one of Princeton's little houses where they keep their crew stuff. is ah, there okay. right on the river. And I've yeah. walked around. It's, it's, it's neat. neat. I, yeah.
0: I, I I like it. Uh, Mark Farrington, love that that first person POV. Zipping down the train line. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty scary. Uh, a lot of motorsports. Mike Kukavika, Nick Govis. Were you guys at the same thing? What is this? Yeah, oh, no, right. This is uh, 2014 Petit Le Mans.
1: Um, are scary. Mans. Lime Rock. Nick Govis is up at uh, Lime Rock. Where it's is that? In Connecticut, I do believe. It's not too far from uh, University of Connecticut. It's kind of like north, North Central, Northwest Connecticut uh simon um, wells good that's stuff That's where uh what's his name he used to go and race paul newman
0: oh yeah okay uh rasmus Ursum, welcome rasmus i don't recognize your name uh homeless veteran with people racing by interesting pov like that i like that oh that actually is kind of neat and look at the uh how the
1: woman's like part of her leg just disappears in the blood yeah yeah nice one, cool. rasmus.
0: uh you got an idea for this week Uh, you know, getting close to Christmas and Hanukkah starts today. Uh, so festive, how about festive, festive, I like festive, right? Yep. Easy, clean, a festivus for the rest of us. Uh,
1: I've never, you know, I was, I mean, I've seen a lot of Seinfeld, but I was never like a completionist
0: when it came to Seinfeld. I love Seinfeld Uh, up until the last, the last episode of Seinfeld was awful. Yeah, they, people, they phoned it in. It was crap. Sorry. I was surprised by that. Yeah, I didn't like it. Hmm. Interesting. They should get them all together and do another episode just of that, just to redo the the last one.
1: Well, you know what? The, oh, hey, speaking of which, I, I know, I don't know that you uh, are a psych fan.
0: I am a psych fan. Have you watched the psych movie? I have seen the trailer for the psych movie. Oh, it was actually pretty cute. Well, they did it's, it's out in job. theaters now?
1: No, no, no. It's, it was on USA the other night. You can actually watch it on USA's website, I think. Come on, son. Come on, son. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> they... Um, you know you're not a gilmore girls fan as we
0: know from earlier
1: episodes of this but you no. do know that they had a gilmore girls revival last year right Where oh they... and
0: i i know your little panties were all a flutter for well it too.
1: Yeah. so anyway the the first <laughs> the first few scenes of the gilmore girls reboot had you know her and the the do- mother and daughter you know in their witty banter thing that no one would ever have in the middle of nowhere in connecticut but there they are having it um and it felt like they were not phoning it in. It's like they hadn't warmed up yet to like getting back into those characters. You know, like it okay. was like a little awkward at first. Yep. Okay. The psych people, it was like instantly back to Sean and Go. Oh, really? Yeah. It was like, it was right there, which was huh. actually really cute and endearing and kind of fun. Cause like you could tell they were having a good time
0: making it, uh, USA psych. Let me yep. see here. Let me see here. <clears throat> okay psych the movie watch it online now no login required say wow there you, you don't go. have to log in they don't want anything from you nope what what world is this this is the world of uh, this is the last gasp uh
1: before the the yeah. the gop takes away net neutrality apparently they're 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 considering making a few of these hmm um, which I, they, they want to make four or five of these little mini movies. Um, how long is it? Two hours. How long? 90 minutes. What is well, it? it's two hours with commercials. So probably 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, it was, it was pretty cute. So anyway, go watch the, uh, the, 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 psych. Thing. I mean, it's psych. It's not like, you know, high drama, but it's, it was cute. And there were a lot of funny scenes in it. Um, it made as us... long
0: as they got the, the timing and the chemistry, right. I mean, yes, th- They get that right. Yeah. So go check it out.
1: Uh, photographer of the week. Who do we got?
0: Photographer of the week. Uh, I had somebody in here that, that we saw in in Paris. Who's th- that particular body of work? It was William Klein, but we've already used William Klein. A although years I never ago. saw that. Yeah, it was a while back. It was like episode thirty something. Um, <clears throat> but I had never seen that body of work. It was this abstract uh, body of work that he did, and it was fascinating to see the prints. And they had in, in this room at the Pompidou – Is it Pompadour or Pompadou? pompadou do okay anyway so they had this room and there were some framed pieces and then they had the magazine covers in like lucite boxes kind of floating out from the wall that you know that some of the pieces were based on right and then in the back of the room it was almost well it was it was like just wallpaper of his work no no seams no framing no nothing just pasted to the wall photo after magazine cover after photo after you know like just it was fantastic. The way right. it was presented was really, really well done. I thought excellent. Yeah. Anyway, um, this one is somebody that I have been following on Instagram for a while, and I I just love the way he shoots. And this is Peter Lindbergh. Sure, absolutely. Um, beautiful. Fashion editorial um, shoots a lot for for Vogue and and Vanity Fair, and you know all the all the big. The big, uh, uh, all the big shows, all the big guys. But what's, what's kind of cool is if, if you go on Peter's site and click on stories, right. And then down the left side of the page, there are all these, like they're photo stories. They're not just single images. So he's, he's trying to create some sort of narrative with his fashion work where it, it doesn't seem to be just a bunch of disparate photos to show off the clothing there seems to be some sort of story taking place or trying to take place. Right, right, right. And and he uses, I think to great effect, um, foreground elements that, that that are we're focusing way beyond the foreground elements, so they become just completely blurred out. And it's it's it's, it's got this beautiful voyeuristic quality to it, many of the of the photo stories. And I, I just think he's terrific. I, I really like his work. Um You know, there are those who are going to argue, beautiful people, beautiful pictures, blah blah blah. But you know what? They are beautiful pictures of beautiful people. So you 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 still have to know what to do. You still have to know what you're doing. Yep. And uh, um, you know, yes, there are a lot of really beautiful people. But you know, he also shot this terrific story uh, of of uh, former Vice President Al Gore, and the photos are terrific. I mean, they're just really good. Yeah, I always um, love
1: the the Vanity Fair stuff from last year of Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. In this, god, she's wearing this dress in there. She looks—it's just like perfect for her. This sort of like beaded dress that she's wearing uh, mm-hmm. in some mm-hmm. of the later photos. Um, certain, you know, certain clothes you see on people. I like—I've seen suits on on certain actors or whatever. And I go, my god, that's like perfect for them. You know, yeah. In this yeah. case, this perfect for this woman. Um, yeah.
0: I just I I really like the oh I mean, he absolutely shot beautiful like you know work. Pirelli calendar sure. and and you know Vogue Italia and I I just I love the way he he tones his images that's all spot on whether he does it himself or has a staff sure. I don't know but uh uh really sexy really it really ev- some of it reminds me of Paolo Reversi. can sure. you see a yeah, little it bit does. of that does yep yep um yeah black and white work color work both equally great and uh There are, there are some, some, uh, uh, behind the scenes things in here. Um, it's interesting that his black and white work
1: or his color work rather feels a lot like the black and white work. Does that make sense? Like that, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's like, uh, when people say that digital black and white looks like desaturated color as opposed to specifically black and white. Um, in some ways his color work feels like color versions of black and white. (laughs) film somehow you see what i'm saying yeah as opposed to color film itself which is kind of interesting i wonder there's obviously something going on in the post-production that gets that look but um but yeah absolute beautiful work and i i really like the idea and maybe i should take this up the idea of because with any time you're shooting somebody there's always multiple images that are you know get get you um uh, uh, that that are in the running for like the final image that you you would use and the idea that there is one image from a shoot that is sort of the one that gets used is is somewhat of an old thing that maybe the idea of having a series of images is a more interesting way of doing it so right it's, it's kind of right. neat. It, it is i, how... I
0: love the, the 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 narrative quality of it rather than just i'm becoming more and more of a fan of like series yeah. of images
1: well and to some extent whether or not there actually is an actual narrative there, your mind puts it together that way.
0: Right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So good choice. Yeah. Um, There's a book too. So I'll know, put a link in it. the show notes. Yeah. Uh,
1: if you want to get a hold of us uh, for next week or you have any ideas or, or, or things we should talk about. Uh, we always like that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, do podcasts. we want to do a Q and a
0: or what do you want to do one? We do, 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 but when do you want to do it? That's the question, right? Uh, Let's see. People are probably traveling, wouldn't you think? Right. So what's the next one? Next one's the 19th. Which is the week before Christmas. The following one is the day after Christmas. You want to do it, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to be gone that day. The 26th, you mean? Yeah. Okay, so we'll do it later that week. Uh, Let's see. When do I come back? Uh, I'm gone. Actually, I'm gone Monday to Friday. Okay. So we'll have to figure that out. Um, I, th- there's Wi-Fi. I can probably bring a mic and do it up there. Anyway, okay. uh, do you want to do it the, the, the following show? Not, not, not the 19th, but the next one?
1: Yeah. Why don't we do it the Christmas week one? Uh, we'll, we'll do a thing. In worst case scenario, we record it like uh, late next week and do it before the holiday. You know what I mean? Do it too yep. for next week. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, so, why don't you listeners get us some questions? Um, podcast it on takingpictures.com, or you can uh, leave us a voicemail, uh, 347 with a question. That would be fantastic. And we could lop those into the show themselves. Yes. Uh, or you can tweet at us at Bill Wadman at Jeffrey Sedoris or on Instagram at Bill Wadman at Jeffrey Sedoris. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe we'll uh, so give us some questions. We'll uh, we'll yeah. record a regular show. I would love that to.
0: To week. I like it when you cut them in where people ask. It's like it's yeah. like uh, you know very NPR.
1: It is very NPR, and you know what we're going for, Jeffrey?
0: Very NPR. Very NPR. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so you know, I, what, hey, I'm I bet Alan you we could even Vancouver, and uh, here's my question:
1: using um uh using audio hijack you could theoretically have like them queued up and then record them into a
0: stream along with the other stuff you see what i'm saying uh yeah or you could you could uh you could go out of your you get a get an app called boss jock okay uh it's it's basically like a little like a little cart app you know and you can just punch in it's got a, a little a series of i think nine pads on the screen and you just tap them and and oh that old that old chestnut yeah ducks the rest of the audio and then and then throws in your your little your little zinger i gotta pay ten dollars for this thing i'm just kidding um wow (laughs) i guess i guess we know where the buck stops
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah so thank you so much for listening and uh we will talk to you all next week when we answer some
0: questions yeah question uh two well weeks.
1: they'll hear it in two weeks but i think we should get the questions by next week what we what should saying? yeah that way or you don't know, have to you carry know, a, a thing with you
0: to to, to the hinterland. well I, you know i can you know what i can do i can just take i can just take my uh my h5 true and and record with the mic on that it'll sound a little different but i can put the foam pop shield on it'll still sound sexy uh whoa <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can even wear like a silky robe while I'm recording oh, boy. and some slippers. T-M-I. No, you know? no, no. Put my feet up.
1: Run away, people. Run away. <laughs> um, now I have that in my head. All right. I got to go take some pictures. We'll talk to you You're all later. You're
2: welcome. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Going on and on the way we are for so long. Something's wrong. As this way, say what you wanna say.